So I was doing this show last week at America Out Loud Talk Radio, and I had explained that I want to get a feel for how many people are really listening to the show. You know, we don't have access to the optics, not the optics, sorry, the analytics. <laughs> we don't have access to the optics either. At least as of today, I have not uh, gotten with DARPA or the Chinese Communist Party to figure out how I can look at you right now listening through the radio or through your computer or through the car or whatever, or through your podcast device or anything like that. I, I can't do that yet. But the the analytics, I don't have access to it. It's just, you know, a part of one of the negatives with radio. Yeah, I have uh, my Rumble channel. You can get there by going to jdrucker.com slash rumble, and it does very well. We get thousands of views, sometimes tens of thousands, occasionally hundreds of thousands. We've had a couple of break the million mark, you know, so so the show does very well over there, over at brighteon.com, as well as BitChute. Uh, we even have a YouTube channel, believe it or not, though I don't put any effort into it. The only reason we even have that in the first place is because YouTube can be found in search. And frankly, you know, call Google what it is. I don't use Google generally, but I do check to see what they're showing. And if you do an exact name search for my my shows, whether they're on Rumble or anywhere else, you can't find them on Google. So we have to put some of them. I don't put all of them, obviously, because I talk about crazy things that will get me banned on YouTube and already has three times already. But <clears throat> but you, you have to put something on there if you want to be found by the normies who are still using Google instead of uh, what I recommend, which is Brave Search. I know there's other good ones out there. I used to use I used to use what's called DuckDuckGo, but then they turned woke and draconian and whatever. They changed their ways, probably based on pressure from the powers that be. But that's for another day. Point being is this. I said, you know what? Tell me that you can hear me. If you're listening to me on America Out Loud Talk Radio, I said, tell me if you can hear me over. Go to jdrucker.com slash talk. jdrucker.com slash talk. And that will let me know. And a lot of people did. I was actually very impressed, especially after the podcast came out. So those of you listening through the podcast and not live, uh, greetings. Welcome. Thank you. But I also told people, go to, uh, if you really want to get my attention, tell me that you're listening through America Out Loud, and go to givesendgo.com slash jdrucker. You know, I don't get paid for this. And I think a lot of times people assume, oh, you know, he's on the radio, he's on America Out Loud, he's on Red State Talk Radio, he must be getting a, some fat paycheck like uh, Glenn Beck or Ben Shapiro. No, we don't. <laughs> Everything we, we do is based on contributions from wonderful listeners like you, as well as through our various wonderful sponsors. Anyway, point is, is that uh, it, the response was was better than I thought. I want to see an even bigger response. So if you didn't listen to the show last week or over the weekend or whenever, then and you're listening to this for the first time, please go to jdrucker.com slash talk or givesendgo.com slash jdrucker. The reason I say all that is not just to continue to get feedback. And the feedback, by the way, I read through all of it. It was wonderful. Some really great feedback. I got some good Bible verses that I had to read. It's, it was really uh, actually a very wonderful experience. But I realized that if the audience here is good at America Out Loud, what about at Red State Talk Radio? I've never done the same test over at Red State. Let's give it a shot. So today... You know, and, and keep in mind, I don't care where you're listening. You could be listening through my regular podcast, 
which is the J.D. Rucker Show. You could be listening through Red State Talk Radio or America Out Loud. I'm not going to be putting this on Rumble or any of the places that I know we have a strong audience. Um, this is this is for the places where there's mystery. So regardless of where you're hearing me, if you're hearing my voice right now, I'm asking, practically begging, please participate and let me know that you can hear at jdrucker.com slash talk or givesendgo.com slash jdrucker. That way we can determine whether or not to start doing unique shows or whether to just do this show that I do normally where I know that I'm, I'm reaching people and just rebroadcast that Red State and uh, rebroadcast it America Out Loud and throw it up on the podcast or wherever. I need to know who's listening where. So I greatly appreciate that. I know that was a long intro, but it's an important one because we are faced with today, I would say, more so than ever, at least in our lifetimes, we're faced with true existential threats. You know, I grew up through the Cold War, and I can tell you that the fear and the concern and the threat of the Soviet Union was less back in the 70s and 80s than the fear of implosion from within here in the United States in 2022. And it's not just Joe Biden. It's not just the Biden regime. It's not just Democrats. Okay, there's rhinos involved, but more importantly, there are globalist elites who are reaching into and stirring the pot here in the United States of America, controlling what's happening in the White House, controlling what's happen, happening even on the Republican side. I don't trust Mitch McConnell any more than I trust Chuck Schumer. Now, ideologically, I would say I'm more aligned with, with, uh, <laughs> with Mitch McConnell than I am with Chuck Schumer, but that's like saying you know my DNA is closer to being a monkey than, than being a, a banana. And no, I don't believe that we evolved from monkeys at all, so I don't see that as anywhere close. And no, I'm not trying to call Mitch McConnell a monkey, okay? I mean, he sometimes acts like a monkey, and he sometimes definitely sounds like a monkey, but, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. We are faced with threats, and these threats have to be addressed by us. You know, you hear it all the time, the platitudes, the, the people out there saying, oh, you know, it's we the people, and we've got to spit. Folks, <laughs> it's time to start listening to that. It's time to start not just using that as a way to, to get yourself juiced up to go to a, a Trump rally. Okay, this is real. We really are, in many, many ways, on our own. And today's show, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about an article that we're going, there's so many. Let me be clear: there are many, many existential threats. We are living through the perfect storm of bad things happening around us, which has many, including myself, believing that we may be in the biblical end times. We haven't seen all the signs that are necessary for that to be true yet. So to address at least a couple, a few, was it two, three? There's actually several people that asked as feedback when they went to jdrucker.com slash talk. A lot of people were, the, the, the question was, are we in the end times? Do you think that this is it? Maybe you should do some shows covering the, the connections between what we read in the Bible and what's happening in the real world. And there are connections. I'm just not sure just yet. I'm close. I'm getting there. But I'm not sure just yet if those signs, those parallels are false positives or if this really is it. So we will see and we will dive into that sometime in the near future. <laughs> we better hurry. But in the meantime, uh, I do want to talk about just the economic collapse that it seems to be accelerating, you know, that we seem to be accelerating towards as we speak. You know, I'm not saying it's inevitable. I'm not saying we're at a point of no return yet. Call me an optimist. Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's done. 
you know, they they pull their best. Uh, what's his name from from Aliens? Oh gosh, he just died recently. Bill Paxton. You know, game over, man. Game over. <clears throat> I'm not ready to say that yet, but I would say that it does seem as if they are pushing us, and that's the important part. They're pushing us. You know, I'm going to be doing a show very soon that's going to be titled uh, Brewster's Millions 2.0. I'm not going to give you the full details, but the premise behind Brewster's Millions is uh, is a pretty interesting one. And uh, you can look it up, you can, you know, or you can wait for the show to come out because it will be coming out soon. But the bottom line is this, his friends, the people around him thought, you know, they were, they thought that he was just being a little weird, that he was being off, that he was... You know, maybe he felt guilty. Maybe he was just being manipulated. They didn't understand why he was spending all of his money and basically bankrupting himself without getting anything tangible in return. You know, it made no sense to them because they were thinking like normal people. They didn't realize that he had to spend the money. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that our leaders, uh, so-called leaders, people in the Biden-Harris regime, people on Capitol Hill, people at the World Economic Forum, they don't have solutions that we would consider solutions. Their quote-unquote solutions are geared around themselves. And in many ways, we stand in their way. We are the ones that can and likely will be sacrificed for their benefit if we don't do something about it. And it is us. You know, This isn't just a rallying cry to, about we the people. This is a warning. It really does come down to us. So there was an article at uh, the Economic Collapse blog. You can read the article. It's titled 12 Numbers That Show That We Are Getting Dangerously Close to an Economic Crash As the Fall of 2022 Approaches. This is an article by Michael Snyder. You can find it at economiccollapse.substack.com. Economiccollapse.substack.com. And it goes over, obviously, 12 numbers that are showing these things. And we're going to be going over as many of them today as possible. Hopefully, we get through all 12, but we've only got an hour. So, and I already blew the first 10 minutes or so talking about myself. You know, I must be some kind of egotistical narcissist or something. Make sure to go to jdrucker.com slash talk. Tell me where you're hearing me. So, there's my pitch. Oh, one more quick note. I was, I will, so, I was so super pleased by the number of people that went to jdrucker.com slash talk. I was kind of disappointed, kind of disappointed, not a whole lot of people. As a matter of fact, I think only one went to givesendgo.com slash JD Rucker. Now, I understand. We're all going through hard times. I couldn't donate 10 bucks to somebody if they asked. But if you do have the means, I ask, please, you know, if you appreciate what we're doing here, if you want to hear more of this, if you want us to start doing unique shows on your preferred channel, whether it is America Out Loud, Red State Talk Radio, Brighty on wherever uh, the JD Rucker Show podcast. Let me know. The best way to let me know is obviously by giving me money. You know, this is what what I do for a living. And no, as I said, I don't get paid for this. Not by the stations. Not by the not by Apple Podcasts or anything like that. I get you know we generate our own revenue here. So that will be one wonderful way to do it. All right, back to the. The meat of the discussion. I'm going to read just the opening couple of paragraphs here by Michael Snyder, and then we'll get into his list. You may have heard me say it over and over again. What we are witnessing right now reminds me so much of 2008, and we all remember what happened in the fall of 2008. That doesn't mean that this new crisis will unfold exactly the same way that the last one did. Ultimately, every economic downturn is unique. But the fact that we are seeing so many parallels between what is transpiring now and what transpired 14 years ago should deeply alarm all of us. 
we appear to be on the precipice of another economic crash, and all of the solutions that our leaders give us just seem to be making things even worse. Now, two things here. Number one, I think if we are going to have this crash, it's going to be much, much worse than 2008. This is where I diverge a bit. I'm the, the pessimist compared to Michael Snyder. He's got more experience in this, but I lived through 2008 too. I lived through the 70s. I've lived through a lot of these economic downturns. And this one seems to me, my instinct tells me, that this is the big one. This is the one that will cause the masses, so many millions, tens of millions of Americans to fall into true destitution. I'm talking about literally millions, tens of millions of people reliant on government, reliant on the public-private partnerships that they are forming right now as part of the Great Reset Plan, the bread lines that will turn into cricket lines at some point in the future. I'm not saying these are inevitable. Again, I tell you these things not to say, oh, doom and gloom, run for the hills. I'm telling you these things because I think that if we look at this as, oh, you know, this is going to be another 2008, then you're going to have a lot of people saying, yeah, well, we recovered from 2008 pretty easily. You know, at least a lot of people did. Some people didn't, yeah, but I don't want to downplay it. I also don't want to be a fear monger and overplay it, but uh, folks, I mean, come on, look around. We haven't seen anything like this. So in that regard, I slightly disagree with Michael Snyder about this being like 2008. I think it will be worse. So let's dive in to some of these numbers. These are wonderful, terrible numbers that Michael Snyder has put together for us. Number one, the government is telling us that the unemployment rate only went up to 3.7% in August. And he's referencing a CNN business story. It says, yes, the unemployment rate rose. Here's why that's good news. And of course, you know, they're starting to shift a little bit. You're starting to see a little bit of a, even Martha Raddatz over the weekend uh, from ABC was, was calling uh, Dark Biden's red sermon. She was calling it hate speech. And oh, the lefties, oh, they went after her. They wanted to cancel her. They want her out of, at ABC, you know. And I thought she was pretty mild. But then again, this is what we expect to see from corporate media. This is what we expect to see from these people who are out there, you know, making a living based upon, you know, being cheerleaders for the Democrat Party. That's exactly what they are, you know. Call it what it is. This is the call journalists what they are, corporate media journalists, and I'm even including many of and most at Fox News, maybe not Tucker Carlson, but but most of the rest are either shills for Democrats, and I would say that falls under the, the realm of producers as well as the leadership at Fox News, but then the hosts, generally most of them, are actually shills for the rhinos, which again, as I said in the beginning, isn't very much, isn't exactly much better than being a shill for for the uh, uh, Democrats, you know, Rhino Democrat, it's all the uniparty swamp. So, so yeah, so he's saying, uh, he's saying that's a sign that the, the unemployment rate only went up to 3.7% in August. Look, folks, true unemployment, you know, you can, you can torture the numbers until they say whatever you want them to say. True unemployment is bad when you look at the people that aren't working and aren't considered to be unemployed and would be working in a good economy, okay, or the underemployed, or just the people that are employed making work working full time, working two, three, five jobs, and still not making enough money to make to uh, feed their family properly, to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, to pay their rent, to pay their car payments, to do anything like that. So when we say, "Oh, you know, unemployment's not so bad," yeah, it's bad. It's actually probably worse than you think. 
Do we have time for number two? We're going to try. According to, this is number two. According to John Williams of Shadow Stats, if honest numbers were being used, the real rate of unemployment in the United States would be over 24%. There you go. There you go. I didn't even read ahead. You know, I like to do these live. Live. I mean, sometimes, you know, if if it's a story that I got to research, then I will read them ahead of time. This one, as I'm reading it to you, this is the first I've read of it. That's how much I trust Michael Snyder. That's how much I trust my own, own understanding. Okay, this is about reaction. This isn't about me pre-planning what I'm going to say. This is about me reacting to what I'm hearing. And that's what you guys get to hear. And you can hear more of it. Telling me where you're hearing me right now. Going to jdrucker.com slash talk. Or going to givesendgo.com slash jdrucker. So those are the first two. We've got 10 more to go on this list by Michael Snyder. We'll try to get to all of them after the break. Stay tuned. Listen to these wonderful sponsors. And some of them are even mine. You might even get to hear my wonderful, brilliant, talented, and uh, absolutely stunning wife and co-host and ad girl doing one of her ads. So stay tuned. Hey, everybody. It's J.D. Rucker. I wanted to talk to you real quick about the future. Seems like everything's going crazy. Okay, we've got... Food crisis, supply chain issues, border crisis, war in Ukraine. They're going after Donald Trump. The globalists are really pushing for the Great Reset. It's happening. Everything that everything is going wrong. The economy is tanking. Okay, I have put together a list of sponsors that you could find at jdrucker.com/prepare. That's jdrucker.com/prepare. As those who have listened to me or watched me for a long time know. I do not pick out sponsors based upon how lucrative they will be. I pick out sponsors because I believe in their products. I stick with these sponsors for an extended period of time. I test them out. I vet them out. I make sure they are America first companies, that they're not donating to Democrats, that they're not beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. So check it out. JDRucker.com slash prepare. JDRucker.com slash prepare. God bless America. All right. Yeah, I think we are going to be able to get through this entire list. For those who are joining late, we are talking about an article by Michael Snyder over at the Economic Collapse blog. You can read it at economiccollapse.substack.com. Titled, 12 Numbers That Show That We Are Getting Dangerously Close to an Economic Crash as the Fall of 2022 Approaches. We are going to try to make it through the entire list. Number three, about half of all U.S. companies say that they will be eliminating jobs within the next 12 months. That's an article that actually comes from Michael Snyder, that he's referencing an article that he had posted back in August 22nd, and it talks about a survey that was conducted uh, by PwC. I'm not sure who PwC is, so let's click through there. And their website does not tell me exactly who PwC is. The Pulse? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird that their own website doesn't say who they are. So I guess, you know, it's just with PWC.com. Sounds like they are probably a big, big company of some sort. Gosh, if somebody out there is probably probably know exactly who I'm talking about, I probably sound like an idiot Um, because it's probably something that's pretty, (laughs) pretty obvious. But we're going to play dumb because that's what we do sometimes. According to that article, 
uh, from CNBC. Meanwhile, 50% of firms are anticipating a reduction in overall headcount, while 52% foresee instituting a hiring freeze and 44% rescinding job offers. According to a PwC survey of 722 U.S. executives fielded in early August, these are executives' expectations for the next six months to a year, and therefore may evolve, according to Bushan Sethi, co-head of PwC's Global People and Organization Group. Sounds like pretty bad news. You know, we're supposed to be in an economic recovery right now. And yet, when your economy is recovering, that means that you're hiring more people. You're not talking about instituting hiring freezes and rescinding job offers. This is the part where corporate media, you know, they do a horrible job of reporting, well, pretty much everything, okay? Um, But with that said, uh, this is one of the areas where they report exceptionally bad on, especially ahead of the midterm elections. Maybe they'll get a little bit more honest for a year or so in 2023. And then they'll switch gears again and talk about how Biden or Harris or whoever's in charge at that point in the, in the White House, how their economy is doing so well, the recovery, oh, the, it was awful under Trump, bad Trump, and then, then now it's great under Joe or Kamala or whoever. Yeah, you get the idea. So, um, so yeah, they, they, they're even coming out at least a little bit and saying some occasional negatives here. We should look at the numbers ourselves. And this is one of those areas, one of those numbers where looking at it, it's pretty darn obvious that we're not in the middle of an economic recovery of any sort. Things are getting worse. And as we learned in number two on the list, the actual, the real rate of unemployment is over 24%. So let's not delude ourselves and think, oh, things are great. You may be listening right now. You may be experiencing that bad uh, lower wages or wages not keeping up with inflation, maybe no wages at all. Maybe you're working two or three jobs. Maybe you're struggling in ways that you've never struggled in your life. Maybe you're doing great, okay? I know there's a lot of people that are doing great out there. So regardless of where you stand, know this, that if we do plunge into a full-blown economic collapse, it's going to affect everybody. Rich, poor, middle class, doesn't matter. Some of the rich will be able to maintain their wealth and maybe even expand on it, as seems to be the case in many downturns, okay? Even the COVID, the, the pandemic panic theater-induced business closures that put so many people into horrible situations, forced them to be more dependent, more beholden to government. While that was happening, a lot of the billionaires became more billionaire-ish. There was a lot of brand new billionaires, especially big pharma executives, People that weren't billionaires, oh, in 2019, but all of a sudden, 2020 and 2021, and then there's 2022, and they're suddenly billionaires. Look to Big Pharma for that. Number four, the government is telling us that the inflation rate in the United States is only five point or 8.5%. Well, by golly, I haven't found anything out there that's only gone up about 8.5% year over year. It's hard to find things that haven't gone up more than 8.5% in the last three months. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's wrong. That is flat out wrong. Yeah, and when he says the government, it's, it's not just government. It's not just the Biden-Harris regime. It's not just uh, economists in government or, or cheerleader economists outside of government. It's also, again, the media. And this one, the story he's referencing is from PBS, 
who they're supposed to be working for the people. Of course, that hasn't been the case for a long time. They have been working for the leftists, the Democrats, and anybody other than the American people for a long, long time. According to their article, U.S. inflation at 8.5% slips from 40 years slips. Oh, it's gone down. Yay. It's gone down. This is almost a month ago. Falling gas prices, yada, yada, yada. Folks, it's still bad. Okay. Is it, is it, is the bad accelerating as much as it was a month ago or two months ago? Probably not. At least not in some areas. In other areas, it is getting much, much, much worse. So don't buy it whenever, you know, the numbers are numbers. As I've said before, I'll say it again. If you torture numbers long enough, you can make them say whatever you want. 8.5%. They could say 7.5%. They could say 15.5%. It's bad. It's really bad. And what we're seeing at the grocery stores, what we're seeing when we're trying to buy pretty much, oh well, anything, it's not good. And no, it's not just 8.5%. Number five, according to John Williams of ShadowStats.com, if the rate of inflation was still calculated the way it was back in 1980, the real rate of inflation would be somewhere around 17% right now. That is worse than anything we experienced during the Jimmy Carter era. And to be fair, you know, people, I know a lot of people like to put the, the cutoff um, at, you know, Jimmy Carter was bad. And then the moment that Ronald Reagan got into office, everything was good, but it wasn't not in the beginning. Okay. Some of our worst financial times were still carryover from the, the Carter, Carter regime. The Carter administration did so bad that even in the early days of the Reagan administration, inflation was super, super high. Okay. Let's, let's look at the dates properly. It's not like January, late January, February or whenever of 20 of 1981, all of a sudden, Everything was hunky-dory. It took work. It took work from people that were smarter than me. So, you know, they had to, to really fight it. Which means that if we are going to recover, if this is not the end times, if this is the end times, there's nothing we can do. We just, we, we do what we can to prepare. We spread the gospel. We, we talk about uh, our faith. We work on our faith. We read our Bibles. We store away food and water. <laughs> you can't forget about that stuff. Okay, guns and ammunition, meds, all that good stuff. But you still, you still just just fight whatever you can to fight the good fight. If we're not in the end times, then maybe we can recover. And either way, end times or not, our path forward remains the same. We try to recover from this. But in the meantime, we make sure that our souls are protected, that our souls are redeemed, we do what we can to be faithful and to do the will of God. So, <sighs> amen to that, amen to that. Number six, at one company, the number of Americans taking out short-term loans for the for groceries has nearly doubled this year. You know, I have never, you know, I can't say that. Actually, now that I think about it, technically speaking, I did. This is a long time ago. This is when I was just getting started, fresh out of college, wasn't making any money. And yes, I, I do recall actually having to take out a short-term loan to pay bills and groceries. And I know that, that you know, and that's it's not counting credit cards. I have, throughout my life, there have been times when I've had to, to pay bills, you know, with credit cards. I don't like doing that. I don't like falling behind. I've never been one who likes to, to owe anybody money. But we all go through rough times. At least most of us do. Apparently, there's a lot more people going through rough times now than before, according to that statistic. 
doubled, nearly doubled. How, how is that even possible? In one year, this uh, article comes from naturalnews.com. Ethan Huff, this is just written a couple days ago, as a matter of fact. Recession or depression, the number of Americans taking out loans just to buy groceries has doubled this year. Okay, The buy now, pay later option that you often see on checkout screens when making an online purchase is more popular than ever before thanks to the failing economy. As prices rise and hyperinflation rears its ugly head increasingly, more consumers are opting for these short-term loans when eating out at restaurants or even just making purchases at the grocery store. As wages stagnate and the economy moves into a recession and possible depression, BNPL schemes from the likes of Zip, one of the biggest players in the short-term loan industry, have skyrocketed in popularity. Zip says businesses uh, says business is up 95% this year for people buying groceries, while restaurant bills are up a whopping 64%. Zip services major retailers such as Costco, DoorDash, Safeway, and Starbucks. I'm actually not familiar with Zip. I am going to have to learn more about it. Hopefully, I'll never have to use it, but you know, I do want to learn more about it because you know, these types of businesses out there, you know, the people will will exploit whenever they can, you know, and there's a difference, by the way, I'm not suggesting that Zip is one of those companies. There's a difference between taking advantage of a situation, a scenario, and doing it in a way that's intended to help. For all I know, Zip might be a great company that's out there. You know what? People are going to need need temporary help to try to get through this economic downturn. They're going to, so let's go ahead and try to help people out, give them little mini loans so they can buy groceries and stuff like that. This might be a wonderful service. For all I know, now if they're charging, charging 100% interest, then no, <laughs> it's not. You know, it's it's just not. But hey, as long as it keeps people out of the bread lines, that's that's what we really want. Number seven, one out of every five home sellers in the United States dropped their asking price last month. This is more evidence that home prices are starting to rapidly move in a downward direction. This is actually, you know, of all the various things that have been happening, economically speaking, over the last uh, year or so, this is the one that surprises me the most. I did not think this. I did not expect home prices to drop. The reason being is because we started seeing BlackRock, Blackstone, Black whatever, Vanguard, State Street, all the various massive money companies out there, financial you know, non, non-banking financial institutions, as I like to call them. We saw them buying up tons of real estate, you know, buying them out from under uh, individual buyers in many cases, overpaying. I thought that was a sign to me. I thought that was a sign. Hey, you know, that means that, uh, that they're looking at this as an... And when I say a sign, I want to be clear. This is way back when, okay, <laughs> before I became a little bit more enlightened about the plan. This was back, you know, a year ago, maybe six, eight months ago. I don't remember exactly when. But that's when I started thinking, oh, you know, they must be seeing that the market's going to skyrocket. They're trying to corner it, and then they're, they're going to buy overpay today and then make a ton more at the end. That's before I realized that companies, especially companies like BlackRock, and BlackRock specifically, they don't care about profits anymore. Okay, They don't care about money. BlackRock lost like $3 trillion of other people's money last quarter alone. It was Biggest loss of its type ever, by far, not even close. Okay, $3 trillion. That's a lot of money. Okay, that's a lot of money. Of course, they were controlling, at the time, $11.5 trillion. So dropping down to, to 8 and change, they still control a lot. Point being is this. 
They care about control. They care about power. They care about pushing forward the Great Reset. They care about the goals of the globalist elites. If that means taking a loss, but getting control of as much real estate, as much farmland, as much whatever as possible, while they can still get a hold of it, ahead of the public-private partnerships that I've been predicting for a while, public-private partnerships with government, where they are going to offer solutions through so-called private companies that are actually essentially many oligarchs, or I shouldn't say many. These are essentially like, whatever, I'm not going to, I could go on that all day. I'm going to start sounding like Joe Biden if I start going off on a tangent. The point is that I did not expect this to happen, but in retrospect, I was naive. Of course, that's exactly what's going to happen. Why? Because homes represent security and wealth, in many cases, retirement, you know, stability for tens of millions of Americans. Of course they want that to diminish. Of course they don't want people to have access to something of immense tangible value, especially those people who've been paying their, their mortgage. Maybe they have their homes paid off. Maybe they've been fighting for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, slaving at their jobs, doing whatever they can to own their home. And now those values are going to go down. Of course, that makes perfect sense. I was naive to think otherwise. Uh, Last one for the break. One out of every five home sellers in the United States dropped their asking price last month. There's more evidence of the home price than I just read that. Okay. Number eight, sales of previous previously owned homes were about 20% lower this July than they were last July. So it's not just that homes are getting cheaper. It's that there are fewer people buying them. Or it could be that there are fewer people selling. Maybe they think that, that uh, oh, the market's going to recover. You know, maybe they can't sell them because they're upside down too much. They don't have, they can't make up the difference. There's so many possible reasons that this is happening. And all of it, unfortunately, is bad. Okay, there aren't many good reasons for this to be happening. As I said before, this is like a perfect storm, an economic perfect storm. There are many perfect storms happening. There's health-based perfect storms with the you know, various pandemics that seem to be popping up. We're not just looking at one COVID pandemic anymore. Now we're looking at multiple COVID pandemics. We're looking at polio, monkeypox, hemorrhagic fever, uh, some, some other disease I saw popping up today. Uh, whatever. I don't even remember what it was, but it sounded bad. <laughs> okay. It's all this bad stuff. And we've, of course, we've got the, the food crises, the perfect storm of, of food dropping. I'm going to be talking in a near future show about the energy crisis, crises, I should say. All of it's happening at once. And then within each individual set of crises, such as this economic one, there are individual mini crises that are also coming together. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom here, folks. I'm just telling you, this is like, like fighting a hydra now. It's really that bad. You lop off one head, another one grows back. And I don't have solutions, not anything this big. I have solutions in general, okay? Pray, read your Bible, protest, file lawsuits. There's lots of things we can do. But about this specifically, I don't know. We're going to try to see if we can figure something out after the break. Folks, if you were listening to this show, watching this show, chances are you have MyPillow products. I'm here to tell you that you need more. And the reason being is, well, twofold. Number one, because there's some amazing sales going on at MyPillow.com right now. But number two, because frankly, they're hurting. I don't want to, I'm not saying this 
I'll probably get in trouble for even saying it, but I can tell you based upon sales, I can tell you based upon reactions that I've been receiving from other other show hosts, other other uh, conservative news outlets, that my pillow sales have gone down dramatically. They are hurting just like the rest of us. I mean, many of us are hurting. The vast majority of us are hurting. But if you can, whether you've got a my pillow or not, take a moment, support this America First company, support Mike Lindell, support the show by going to mypillow.com and using promo code JDR. That's mypillow.com promo code JDR or call 1 800 862 0382. That's 1 800 862 0382. Promo code JDR help out two America First companies. It's funny over the break. I received an email. I don't think it was in response to this actual show, but I did get one of those emails that came from jdrucker.com slash talk. And guy was telling me, hey, you know, we uh, we listen around the, uh, instead of the television, we actually listen to your show as a family. He's going through, it was a long little response. Then at the end, he says, I'm just kidding. I'm a truck driver. I don't actually have a family, but I do listen to your show. So keep up the good work that gave me a laugh. I don't care what your story is. Tell it, you know, if it's just you, if it's you listening with other people, I don't, you listen to your car, you listen at home. Just tell me where you're listening and let me know that you are. And if you can always go to give, slash JD Rucker. You can leave me notes there as you donate five, 10, 50, a thousand, $25,000, however much you can afford, you know, whatever, whatever fits your means. I know that we've got some, some sugar daddies out there surely who, who are willing to to help this show to continue. We are almost done. Last leg of this article, 12 numbers that show that we are getting dangerously close to an economic collapse as the fall of 2022 approaches. This is by Michael Snyder over at the Economic Collapse blog. You can find it at economiccollapse.substack.com. Let's do a quick recap of one through nine. I think we got up to. The government is telling us, number one, the government is telling us that the unemployment rate only went up to 3.7% in August. Number two, according to John Williams of shadowstats.com, if honest numbers were being used, the real rate of unemployment in the United States would be over 24%. Number three, about half of all U.S. companies say that they will be eliminating jobs within the next 12 months. Number four, the government is telling us that the inflation rate in the United States is only 8.5%. Number five, according to John Williams of shadowstats.com, if the rate of inflation was still calculated the way it was back in the 1980s, the real rate of inflation would be somewhere around 17% right now. That is worse than anything we, that we experienced during the Jimmy Carter era. Number six, at one company, the number of Americans taking out short-term loans for groceries has nearly doubled this year. Number seven, one out of every five home sellers in the United States dropped their asking price last month. This is more evidence that home prices are starting to rapidly move in a downward direction. Number eight, sales of previously owned homes were about 20% lower this July than they were last July. And that brings us up to date. Now, move on to the final four. Number nine, one recent survey found that 3.8 million Americans believe that they could be evicted from their homes within the next two months. Now, this is one where, yeah, I, I want people to understand how how abysmal that really is. 3.8 million Americans, you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's what, 12, 13, 14%, 13% of, of, of Americans? 
that's not that does not include those families. That does not include people who are, you know, maybe delusional about whether or not they can be evicted. Maybe they think they're not going to be evicted because there's some protection out there. Folks, we are entering a stage when there will be millions of people who are not protected, who cannot afford their rent, or even can't afford their mortgages, and who could be homeless here very soon. We're talking about, I would say, in less than a year. This is talking about the next two months. I think realistically we're going to see a, a major you know, home, home resident, we'll call it just a residence problem here within the next six months, maybe a year at the most. And that will prompt further, I, w- I believe, it will prompt further pushes in D.C. as well as at the state level to take taxpayer dollars and apply it to fixing this new problem. We're seeing this over and over again, how taxpayers are being relied upon to pay for the problems that other taxpayers and sometimes non-taxpayers are experiencing. Obviously, the I'm referring uh, mostly to the, the student debt, uh, whatever you want to call it, the student debt forgiveness program. It's ludicrous what the Biden regime is doing with that. It's, people say that it's a, a vote-buying scheme. I don't see it like that necessarily. I see it as an economic crashing machine. And we have to understand, just like how in Brewster's Millions, okay, Montgomery Brewster, played by uh, Richard Pryor, Montgomery Brewster had to spend $30 million. He just couldn't explain to his friends or family or anybody around him why he had to spend it and why he couldn't own anything from it. He just had to, to be reckless. I think that the powers that be who are controlling, who are the puppet masters over the Biden-Harris regime and mess many, if not most, if not nearly all of the people on Capitol Hill, as well as in state governments, even city governments, that the powers that be need us to crash economically. So when we look at these bad ideas, we can't just assume, oh, it's about the election. Oh, it's about the election. That's a huge mistake. Okay, that seems to be the default, by the way, for most conservative pundits, conservative commentators, radio hosts, show hosts of any sort. They always default anything that, that seems odd. It's like, oh, that's, they're doing this for the election. They're buying votes. They're doing that for the election. They're buying votes. At this stage, we can't assume that. A lot of the things they're doing, most of the things they're doing, as a matter of fact, I would say, are designed to just crash the economy, to force people to accept the Great Reset, to accept Build Back Better, the Green New Deal, all these crazy ideas that make no sense, pushing towards modern monetary theory and a worldwide globalist neo-Marxist regime. But all that's for another day. We're going to focus strictly on the economic aspect of it. In this number nine, with the 3.8 million Americans believing they're going to be be, uh, evicted within the next two months, reality is this. This is going to affect everybody. This isn't just going to affect those who maybe face eviction, even those who aren't facing eviction. Maybe they're Maybe you're a homeowner. Maybe you're, you're a renter, but you're secure and you're renting. Maybe you're doing just fine. But this will have repercussions that spread across the economy. It will have repercussions that will affect people in the form of increased crime, in the form of increased, um, increased need for social programs. There's going to be a bailout of some sort that would come from this. And of course, it will be the taxpayers who end up paying for it. Number 10, according to the National Energy Assistance Directors Association, 
Approximately 20 million U.S. households are currently behind on their utility bills. Now, that is devastating. If you stop and think about it, you know, 20 million households, we're not talking about 20 million people, okay? What average household is, I still think it's still approximately 2.5 people. So that would mean 50 million Americans are at risk of not having electric at some point in the future, not having water, not having having a trash collection, okay, natural gas, let alone cable or internet or anything like that. And that's awful. Again, I cannot stress. Sometimes, I think sometimes we've become so inundated by all the bad news, especially economic bad news, that it's just like, okay, yeah, put that one in the back of our heads, you know, or, or forget about it completely. Don't forget about this one. 50 million Americans could be without basic utilities soon. One or all, or some. And that, you know, considering right now we're going through a heat wave, how many people have had their electric cut off now, recently, in the middle of this heat wave? Maybe, maybe they got it cut off before. Maybe they're in an area where they can't get it cut off at this time, but they're going to get it cut off in the future. And this, too, will have repercussions, because when utility bills go unpaid, the, these utility companies still have to make their money. Okay, they can't just write it all off. That's not going. That's not how it works. They have to increase rates. They have to decrease usage of some sort, some way, somehow. So a lot of these problems that people say, "Oh, you know, that one doesn't affect me. I'm not going to get evicted. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have my electric cut off." Well, it's still going to affect you when other Americans are hurting. It's still going to to come come back on you. And even if it didn't, let's say let's say you are truly insulated and safe and none of this is going to directly affect you, it still behooves you to want your fellow Americans to not suffer. It still behooves you as a human being to have compassion and empathy for those who are suffering. So we fight this. I don't care what your current financial situation is. I don't care what, what it is that, you know, how you're, how you're faring in life. Good, bad, needy, not needy. Do what you can to help yourself, but also to help others. You have to. And uh, just right now, we need American exceptionalism to shine through in the form of brotherly love. We need a biblical worldview to expand instead of contract. It's contracting right now. We can feel it. We can see it. The stats say it is. Now, sometimes I think, you know, a lot of times these statistics are designed to make us think one thing when the opposite is true. I'm not so sure that's the case when it comes to, for example, uh, belief in the Bible, church attendance, anything like that. I think we are seeing a decrease in the number of Americans who believe that the word of God is truly the word of God, who believes that you know what we're experiencing today may or may not be the end times. I think a lot of people are just, you know what, they don't care. They're not worried about it. And whether you are a Bible-believing Christian or not, just being a decent human being demands that you not want people to be suffering, to be homeless, to not have electricity, to, to power their lives, to not have natural gas when they're cold this winter. We're seeing what's happening in Germany and across Europe. They cut off Nord Stream indefinitely. Nord Stream 1 has been has been uh, sidelined indefinitely. Now, that, of course, Russia is blaming it on technical issues here, but eh, it's not true. I mean, they're, they're mad because of the sanctions. They're taking it out 
on Europe, especially Germany, where gas prices are already up fourfold. You know, we're, we're looking at, oh my gosh, you know, fuel costs are up like 17%, 19%, whatever, 50%. Their fuel prices are up 400%. And they're going to go up even further. And even if you couldn't, could afford it, you might not have access to it. They're starting to run out of firewood. We're in the middle of summer in the Northern Hemisphere, and they are starting to run out of firewood because people are anticipating that they need to have wood to keep themselves from freezing to death because they're not going to have access to natural gas. You might say, oh, well, that's Europe. That's not us. Look, I'm an America first patriot, but I also recognize when there's going to be blowback that, that hits us, and that's going to hit us. They're already talking about importing liquid, liquid natural gas from the United States as a way to supplement their shortages, their, their, their uh, crisis. That will make our natural gas go up. We've got to start recognizing it. We can't continue to stick our heads in the, in the proverbial sand. Number nine, or number nine, wow, way past that one. Number 11. <laughs> stick to it, man. Stick to it. Number 11, the Dow Jones Industrial Average has fallen for three weeks in a row. We also witnessed this sort of gradual slide just prior to the big crash of 2008. Now, 2008, I, I, again, Michael Snyder has been covering economic collapses for longer than I even cared about such things. I've only been really focused on this for you know, a little over a year. He has the experience. He has the knowledge. I trust him. But I will say this. He keeps going back to 2008. Folks, what we're looking at is going to be worse than 2008 if it does happen. If we don't stop this, if we don't figure out a way to pray our way out of it, to protest our way out of it, to file lawsuits, civil disobedience, anything short of civil war, I will support it. But we have to get the message to these people. And we have to get the right people in office. We have to do all sorts of things. So many things we got to do. I wish today was more filled with solutions rather than just problems. But frankly, this is bigger than any one show, any one guy. This is not, there's no one size fits all solution to this. The only universal solution is prayer. We should do that with, with all of our problems and all of our good things too. Pray, don't just pray when we need stuff. But I'm not going to preach. Not today. Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, represents for a lot of people, represents their retirement, represents their wealth. This is one of the reasons why I've been so, so uh, bullish on physical precious metals. Moving your IRA to uh, physical gold and silver, having physical gold and silver delivered to your home. This is why our sponsors, I have two gold sponsors, America First Patriotic uh, Companies. These are companies that do not donate to Democrats. They are not beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. And you'd be shocked if you found out how many of these, these uh, precious metals companies, even ones that are recommended by a lot of conservative pundits out there. Yes, they pay really good. I've, they've, I've seen the numbers. They, they would pay better than the ones that I picked. I can tell you that. But I picked the ones that I did because I trust them. Because they aren't dem uh, donating to Democrats. You can find them at J.D. Rucker dot com slash gold jdrucker.com slash gold move your retirement out of the stock market move your retirement out of wherever you know you're not buying anything you're transferring it to a precious metals ira you're not taking your money and buying gold per se or buying silver and having it delivered you're you're 
essentially exchanging your money, your fiat currency for gold and silver. It's an investment. Right now, silver and gold, at least uh, last week, were at lows for you know lows for the year. Now is the time to buy. You know, Friday, there both of them had a an uptick. Showed signs that they might be rising soon. So now literally might be the best time to buy. We might have just hit bottom. I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. So check it out. JDRucker.com slash gold. Number 12, in August, this final one. In August, a whopping 2,150 corporate executives sold off shares in their companies. Are they trying to cash in while they still can? Uh, yeah, I think that might be the case. You know, there was a, a story over the weekend um, Gustavo Arnal, he was the chief financial officer of Bed Bath & Beyond. I say he was because apparently he something had yeah, either committed suicide or was pushed off or something, but he, he plummeted to his death on Friday, and they identified him on Saturday or Sunday, I believe, uh, as being, being who he is. He recently started selling shares, and he's actually been apparently investigated for possibly being involved in a pump-and-dump scheme. Okay. Crazy stuff. Uh, they're they're getting desperate. They may be even breaking the law, and that should tell you, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if these people in the know are getting antsy, getting scared, getting desperate, jumping out of buildings, maybe we should be concerned as well. Like I always say, though, you know, don't don't fear, especially if you're a Bible believing Christian. You know how the story ends, so it's not like oh, you know. It's all bad from here. No, it might get bad, but if it does get bad, really bad, that means that it's going to get really good for us in the end. Lord willing, I will be back very soon with another episode. But in the meantime, y'all stay strong, stay safe, and God bless. Have you taken the jab? Could you have been exposed to those who have been jabbed and may be shedding on you? Dr. Zeb Zelenko's ZDTox formula makes your immune system clean, resilient, and resistant. Visit zstacklife.com freedom. That's zstacklife.com freedom.